Well, it was something which not only shocked the entire region, but the sporting community in Ireland as well. Uh, the death by suicide almost a year ago of 21-year-old Red Og Murphy of Moylock in County Sligo. Red Og was a GAA star uh, despite his tender years, a, a Sligo senior footballer, a Sigerson Cup footballer with DCU. He even had a spell playing Australian rules football with a club in Australia. And he was also trained to become a teacher. But in early April of last year, word filtered through that Red Oak had died by suicide. Uh, inexplicably so, he was found in his accommodation at DCU in Dublin, which devastated everyone who knew him and still does, of course. Uh, Red Oak is survived by his parents, Geraldine and Redmond, and two brothers, Dahi and Ushin. And despite their heartbreaking loss, Redmond and Geraldine have been prominent in trying to highlight the issue of mental health, encouraging young people to talk about their problems and their worries and concerns. Because, they say, if something like this can happen to Red Oak, who had a very open relationship with his parents and family, it can happen to anyone. And Redmond and Geraldine join us in studio uh, this morning. Welcome to you both and, and, and thanks for joining us this morning. And can I start by maybe first of all asking you both about Red Oak. What sort of a lad was he? Why was he why was he so special to you? As Geraldine says, he was and we believe that he was a miracle in the first place because um at the time in Cork I vividly remember that, that particular morning that we went into the bonds and and there was issues. Geraldine was pregnant again and there was issues and and uh, the gynaecologist at the time said, you know, we'll throw everything at it at this stage, he said. And to this day, we think he was a miracle and and that we had him for that length of time. It was brilliant. We had him for 21 years. Yeah. And he was a lively and active uh, young child, was he not? Geraldine, uh, to say the very least. To from, say the from, very from least, From an early age. Well, from, when he was in the womb, he was lively. Uh, for the nine months, he kicked uh, continuously so I definitely said this fellow is going to be a footballer um, or girl whichever it was going to be at the time yeah so he was lively and like that was the way he was like, he wouldn't sit down he had to be going continuously very active yeah and as we know stellar footballer and sportsman training to be a teacher had everything going for him it, it, it seemed and apparently very few cares in life and, and that's what you did think and, and, and always thought yeah, it's 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 amazing that very much with Red Oak, you know, after a match, he might be heading back to Dublin and he'd ring about, you know, Dad, do you think I got a speeding ticket? You know, the, he might have nursed the van. And I said, Richard, how do I know Red? You know, I wasn't there. Like, But anyways, trivial things, trivial things t- tended to worry him. Like, so to think... You know, when he talk, he'd be so open talking about uh, different things like that, that, again, he'd be able to talk about anything, you know? So very self, self-conscious, self-aware, and yeah. But yeah. Red Oak was a perfectionist. Everything had to be perfect for Red. And, like, when you continuously tell him that everything in this life isn't perfect and that things will go wrong and they have gone wrong. and But, like, he just wanted things right. And that was from study to himself and to his football. But it was football mainly. Like, yeah. it had to be... And, and speaking of being a perfectionist, uh, he he, uh, he didn't get that point against St. Malash Gales, Redmond. Isn't that right? <laughs> yeah, on a wet evening. On a wet evening, uh, an old more Gales, he, he went to take the, the, the free... Uh, at the very end of the game for a draw game it was in the group championships and uh, he missed a free uh, that night it just slipped away it was just out of his range anyways for that particular night but 
it was straight up to the the plane, up to Corrie Pitch then, and where he spent a lot of time kicking, trying to get that point again. But as I said, the day of the county final, he kicked points from everywhere and anywhere yeah. towards the end of the game. It paid off. It paid off. All right, OK. Um, I, sh- I should ask you, of course, and I should have asked you at the start, how, how are you both doing at the moment, nearly a year, a year on? Yeah, we're doing we're doing well. We're doing we are doing well, and um, as I said, we um, have a lot of um, good people around us. And I suppose the main thing is our faith as well that we have a strong belief, and that that gets us through. Plus, we do believe that Red Oak is still with us. And I have said on numerous occasions that we're a family of five, and we still are a family of five. But we feel that he's helping us along. We get the strength from him. Well, I think everybody would acknowledge that your courage in, in in speaking so publicly about what happened to your son and in trying to raise awareness of mental health issues is is more than admirable. And and to quote you, Redmond, before you said, "There's nothing sorrowful out of this. We want to help people." Yeah, it, it's it's so important uh, that again we talk about the message, Jeremy, that that Red Oak we thought could tell us everything could talk about everything like we talked about matches for hours and performances and different things like that and you know the the story of the, the mirror and the car and all that and above all the lads we have you know we wouldn't have thought Anton was wrong or that he he was in such he was in such turmoil and I suppose that's the alarming thing about Red Oak's story is that we didn't know. We had no hint. We had no inclination. You know, he was he was enjoying life. Yeah, and I think it's it's important for young fellas that, that they have to talk. And like, as I said, Red Oak had everything. And he, like, he, he had everything. But he, it just, like, he didn't talk and didn't speak up. And whereas young people nowadays, they have to speak. And I know suicide is kind of brushed under the carpet with a lot of people. But if... I think for young people, if they see themselves um, kind of struggling, like that they have to speak up. They have to talk to somebody and it doesn't matter who they are, whether it's a parent, friend or teacher. They, just if they speak up, they will get help. And there's plenty of help out there to um, to help them and to get out of this darkness that they're in. And and let them not be hard on themselves. Let them like they have to be kind to themselves. As it's most importantly that they are kind to themselves and not yeah. hard. And is it difficult for you? Is it frustrating for you to not know why he did it? Considering he was so open and communicative with you, and he texts you every day, and you 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 spoke on a regular basis, as we know, was it difficult when you didn't really have any answers? Does that continue to be difficult for you? I don't think we, Nile, we, we put a lot of focus on it, if any. We, there's an element there that, that he was, he's no longer with us in, in, in a physical way. And, and for us then, that was, you know, getting used to that idea. Like, I talk, we talk about tragedy every day. It happens in so many different ways, like car crashes. You know, to lose a young person or, or any person in your life, it's, it's, it's terribly difficult. And I think what we did, Geraldine and Oshin and Dahi and the, the, all of us, we kind of focus on the good things and the nice things about him, what he did and what he achieved. We don't really think too much about the whys anymore. Uh, at least I don't. No, and, um, and again, as you said at the beginning, Red, that he's 
was a miracle from day one and that we were blessed to have him for the 21 years and that he fulfilled so much in those 21 years and we have a lot to be grateful for and um, like he went to Australia we would never have gone to Australia only for him so like there are all those good memories and that's what we focus on rather than why what what made him do it and and the message that you want to give out and have been giving out which is such a powerful message is also a very important one to young people who, who may have difficulty opening up and talking about issues which are troubling them yeah that's the that's the thing and and maybe it's not when maybe at a point the the that red oak was struggling was was elements you know worries and and stress up to that point and then he reached a pivotal point where he just couldn't manage so again it's about the early warning signs as well that if you're struggling mentally that you know there's there's loads you wouldn't believe there's loads and loads of help out there there's and very personal people who who listen to the story and who support you and are empathetic and the whole it's it's really good because we all have in the last 12 months well we have spoken on and off maybe i I spoke with with them with the different suicide agencies and they're so empathetic and and nice and there's no stress and you're anonymous if you want to be anonymous so is is it is it fair to ask you almost when you're on of your memories of that day and the suddenness and awfulness of it all is that something you can feel yeah. comfortable of talking about Geraldine yeah um i work as a secretary in curry national school and um i was at work and i got it was about uh it was about 12 o'clock and Ushin had rang me my the second fellow and um, he was saying to me had I heard from Red Oak and I said no I said because um, I said I, wouldn't, I said he's in school I said he, I won't be hearing from him after school and he said to me no ma'am he said he's not in school and uh, then as soon as I heard that I knew there was something wrong because he said nobody can get in touch with them and that like wouldn't be Red Oak at all I mean if there was he was sick or there was something uh, tired or flat or whatever he, he would let somebody know so I knew immediately that there was somebody something wrong and um, so then I asked him to um, get onto the security in DCU and see if his car was in the car park. And um, he it seemed to take forever, but um, he it wasn't. And um, the car, when Oshin got a hold of the um, security, they said, yeah, his car was in the car park. And from the time that they found his car to when they went to his room, I hadn't heard anything back. So I knew that there was something wrong. I knew that the, that period of time, it was too long. And then Oshin rang me back and he said that they had found him, but he was dead. And Redmond, you, you were in the general area of Dublin, wasn't that I, right? I was working, I work in, in out in Turlstone. And um, the... That particular Ushin had rang to say again had rang me to say look Red Oak we're looking for Red Oak that he wasn't at school today, and that the security were so at that point again t- the same as Geraldine I was really concerned because it was totally out of character, so I met I, I rang my the site director and 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 two of the good friends and he said I said look you know can you come with me because I kind of need it and he said I, you know as we went across he was saying I looked he just slept it out or he had a rough night in the town and you know whatever it might be but um, it, there was something I was you know in the back of me I was afraid of the worst and you know and then Oshin had rang then to tell me that you know he's with the footballers that's the way Oshin put it he said he's with the footballers and I said he's alive and he said no he's dead and um, at that point then there was 
we we were very like the shock of it all. I started roaring at that point because you know it's just something that it's very difficult. You're in shock, you know. But um, a little bit and came just came back to my senses. The people in DCU were very good to us, and um, I went to the room then. And in fairness to the to the guard, they 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 did ask, "Do you are you sure?" And I said, "Yes, of course." And so I went into the room then at that point, and I spent some time with them. And that was of great comfort to you. Oh, to me, yeah, no, it was. Don't don't ask me why, but it was. It was, uh, you know, at that point, for the next couple of days, it, it was very much in my head, you know, that why did you do it? Like, you know, you had everything going, you know, or why didn't you tell us? But that's why I say, though, for young people or, or older people, is not to let it to a point of no return. That if there's early warning signs or there's something just doesn't sit right, tell somebody. Like as I said, the, 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 all the agencies and uh, helplines, they're anonymous. Like so, they're not going to know from Adam. You know, so you can talk openly and 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 be very, you know, open and transparent with them. I, I think you have a strong faith, both of you. Is that is that, is that fair to say? Yeah. M- maybe one stronger than the other. <laughs> I, I won't say which. <laughs> but has has your faith was your faith ever challenged because of what happened at all in any way? In regards being cross or angry was yeah. gone not at all. No. Was there ever anger at all? No, none, 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 none. We just as I said, we always believed that he was a miracle and we thank God for that. Um and like like if you have a little bit of faith it gets you a long way. But um, now the previous night, I mean, I suppose Our Lady, yeah, I would always pray to Our Lady. Will, will, and you, will you tell us this story, Geraldine? Because I, okay. I find it fascinating. Yeah, well, Di was at football training and I was going to collect him in Curry at the football pitch and I was going through the village passing the school where I work and I could see the lights were on but it was, I felt that the... Um, caretaker was there cleaning and um, as I went further down I could see that these I looked back for some reason in my mirror and I could see these blue lights like a candelabra of blue lights uh, on my office where my office was so um, like curiosity got the better of me so I turned around and went back towards the, the school and as I was facing the school I could see as plain as day these blue lights straight in front of me and um, anyway when I drove up by the school there was no sign of the caretaker and I rang him and I said to him that the lights were on in one of the classrooms and he said he didn't remember even turning on lights but because it, was, it had been bright when he was there cleaning but anyway so he went back and he turned them off when we were after picking up Thahi which was about 10-15 minutes later I was returning and I was passing again by the school and I could see still see the blue the blue lights and I commented to Thahi I said the blue lights on in my office and I said I haven't a clue what they are so that was there were no more about the blue lights until the following morning when I went into school and I there was two of the staff there and I was telling them about these blue lights and I said I don't know what they were so I was nearly afraid to open the office door to see what was ahead of me but we went in and two of the members of the staff followed me in. And there wasn't a sight or a light of a blue light. There were no blue lights. But to me, that was a token from Our Lady that they were, it was like Our Lady's, when I look back on it, it was like, you know, the candle, the crown over Our Lady's head. It was just like that, the candelabra light. So I believe it was her token to me. And it, the Red Oak's time was up. Even today, from all the times we've, you know, talked maybe in, in interviews and, and the few times that we say paper and interviews, like 
we say that he's just down the road ahead of us. Like it was whatever, whatever happened in that particular night or whatever the circumstances were, he's just moved on. He's going to be there waiting for us instead of we waiting for him. You know. And you're still a family of five. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a it's a very strong. I, I mean, I'm I'm I, I can't even begin to comprehend how you can be so strong. Uh, so soon after something like this and that you want to help other people and I, I hope you know how many people you must have helped in the past few months and will continue to help. I mean, you have, there's no doubt, you have saved lives uh, by being so open and public about One this. One life, Niall. One life is enough. One family's not having the heartache is enough. But on a lighter note, you know, that we talked about um, the football and, you know, I, Red Oak was a very kind of unassuming lad, you know. He had a hinkling that he was good, but he never knew how good he was. And that's not to say, you know, that he had his good games and his bad games. But especially in with um, DCU and, and the football and in his temperament at that time, he was never as relaxed. He, on the pitch, he wasn't aggressive anymore, you know, in, in this his, his Sligo days or club level. He'd get a lot of, of bangs and he'd be a little bit aggressive, but he seemed to be very passive. But the the, the lovely story, I've told him time and time again, but it's a lovely story. Um, um, Clifford, you know, from the year he scored the, the, the points for for um, Sligo against Derry, that was the same year Clifford, I believe it was Galway, the beat uh, in the, in the All-Ireland final. But he had been following Clifford for quite some time at that stage and he was Clifford was his hero, you know. And a particular night in, in, in Limerick, it was a wet night now. And I've, I've seen clips since Red Oaks scored two points that night, two big points that night, and they won, they won the, the league semi-final B point. But Clifford scored 2-6 on the, on the night, you know. So, or, or something, 2-4, like 2-6. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, this is the discussion we had in the car when we were going home. We were travelling down from Limerick and, and Red Oaks was on the phone and he was saying, you know, I wanted to be cool about going over. I didn't want him to be, you know thinking I was a young lad, you know, he wanted to be cool, so he met his way across the pitch anyways, and just as he was coming, he, you know, Clifford put out the hand, like, easy, easy gentleman, and he just said, Red Oak, great game. To him, that was special. It was more important, for, that did, rather than winning the match, it was more important that David Clifford knew him, <laughs> like he was so happy with that. Yeah, he was very happy. An unbelievable in the league final to, to turn around, and 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 was thinking of us after he he mentioned it and we've played the clip many times. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Red Oak was was named during the the, wi- the winning captain's speech, isn't that right? That's right. Yeah. He said after yeah. the game that you know he he said that you know we'd seen him in the season that year how good he was, and uh, and he was thinking of the Sligo family. So you know he'd have been embarrassed now if if he you know. Is looking at that, he'd be saying, "No, I don't know." He'd be being embarrassed, but he was there. He was on the that year. He had made midfield in the Sigerson team with all the rest of them, you know. So, just to finish up, um, I, I, I think it was clear from the funeral uh, how how what happened affected young people. Uh, but even then, in in an ironic sort of way, they they had a chance to to talk to each other about what had happened and to remember the good times and and to have a laugh and share their their memories and even that was important it was yeah Yeah. our house we were 
maybe advised not to um, have the house open at the beginning. And like I remember specifically saying our house was always an open house and in good times. So at that particular time, I said it's not going to be closed either to anybody. And uh, we were so happy that we left it open because all the young people, uh, like Red Oak was, it was, he died on the Friday and he didn't come home until the Wednesday. But during that period of time, all the young people that came in, like the house was open and they went to his bedroom and they jumped on the bed and sat in the bed and they laughed and they joked and they cried. But like the house right up until when he went to the church on the Friday, the, a week later, I mean, all the young people were in and out and they shared. And it was great for us and for them to see them there and, you know, talk about them and have the memories. It was day and night. Day and night, yeah. yeah day and night was continuous. The night and be, especially in the latter nights, they'd be singing songs yeah. and, and all that. But again, night, it's important for Geraldine and me, like the, our, our village of Mailaha and, and the local community and the club, Curry. And and the wider area, Tubba Curry as well. They were, they just took took us in their arms that weekend, looked after us. It was incredible, really, because um, working in Dublin, now a number of my colleagues and bosses would have come for the funeral. They couldn't believe, like at Gorchin, they would begin to start the signals would begin to start happening there where the organisation was happening. It was incredible how how well it was organised and people that came to the house. There was no mad queues outside the house. They were giving them tea. Curry Clubhouse had had uh, had open all week. There were you know people there to hear you know listen and people that were worried or had fears you know young people to be able to talk and all that. So we really we were really well, you know we were in their arms all week. Really, they were washing, feeding us, and 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 again Father Leo as well. Father Leo Henry, he was he was very much you know. Yeah, I, yeah. Mm-hmm. Father Leo was. He was fantastic. Yeah, yeah he, he was. was he was very strong for us as well. Even though he had his own personal memories and and he was very good to us. Like he was, he was coaching us through the week and you know and and all that element. Very good. But if I may, and I'll tell a very funny story about being <coughs> fed by the neighbours. Um, I on one of the particular days I hadn't been eating anything, and then this lady had come with stew. I didn't know what was for the dinner, but anyway, she's, just, she's a friend of mine. But um, they were saying to me, "Jerry, you've got to eat. You've got to eat." So um, every place was full of people. So they just put, brought me into this bedroom where there was everything was put in there. And um, uh, next thing, this plate comes in with stew on it, Irish stew, brown stew, and I, I, which is I said, "Oh." Stew. And then there was somebody came in to discuss the funeral and something was happening outside. And I said to this particular fellow, I said, um, I have to let you into a secret. I said, I can't stand stew. But um, anyway, I was so hungry. I ate this stew. <laughs> so, you know, look, we did have, it was a nice week. It's long been sad. It was a nice week too. And of course, I should mention uh, Rachel as well, uh, Red Oak's girlfriend, whom you're still in contact with, I think, uh, on a constant basis. Yes, somebody somebody said lately, you lost a son, but you gained a daughter. But uh, because the three boys, but uh, like Rachel was very much part of his life. So she was very much part of our lives now because, you know, she's grieving as well as we are. And uh, it's important that we share that that, that grief and, and the good times. And so Rachel comes and goes at her at her will and she for as long as she's, she's welcome in, in, in our house for as long as she wants you know yeah it's a very very powerful message you're giving out and um, long may it resonate and we do appreciate you coming in to studios at Geraldine and Redmond and uh, again best wishes to you 
and to Dahi and Toshin and to all the family. And thanks very thanks. much for joining us. Thank you, thanks. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you.